There's no way around it. Caring for a loved one with dementia is not for the faint of heart. We don't know what we don't know, and many families focus so much on the person with dementia that they forget to keep their eyes on the family member managing care, which can be catastrophic. In this podcast, we'll help you become more proactive and remind you to focus on yourself. We will share challenges and wins and guidance from professionals at every step in the journey of caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's and other dementias. Welcome to the Eye on the Caregiver podcast. Joining us today is Melissa Smarr from the Fairfax County Silver Shield Anti-Scam Campaign. That's a mouthful, Melissa. We are delighted to have you with us and excited to speak to you because older adults are so vulnerable, especially when we're talking about someone with some memory issues or early signs of dementia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Michelle and Sean. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks again for coming on board, Melissa. So um, I was actually excited about this episode. Uh, as you and I talked prior to this, you know, I'm an IT guy and we had a father with Alzheimer's that uh, never never saw a, an offer via email that he didn't like. And uh, I know we're not alone, right? So there's you know more than 25 million people are victims of scams a year. And it just seems like it's getting worse, you know, pandemic, post-pandemic. So can you share with us some of the most common scams that you're seeing today? Sure, absolutely, Sean. So I'm going to go over four um, briefly. Um, I know that you all have some other ones that we're going to discuss in the show. So the first is the IRS scam, and this can happen three different ways. It could be an email from the IRS, and just for your listeners, the IRS is never going to email us or call us if they're going to do some type of audit or have any questions about a return we have filed. It would be via the U.S. mail. Uh, so we've had scams where people have, um, you know, clicked on a link for an email um, saying that the IRS is wanting additional money because we owe additional taxes and they will pay, you know, via gift cards or their credit card, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So we've got to be careful in making sure that, again, the IRS is not going to ask for gift cards, whether they're iTunes gift cards you know, Home Depot gift cards, CVS gift cards, they're just not going to ask for those gift cards. Um, and then hey, there's hey, also- Melissa, I phone. actually got one of those. Yeah. I got one of those a um, couple, uh, couple weeks ago, actually a phone call saying that I mm -hmm. was in default of IRS bills and that I needed to call this number and clear it up or I was going to get arrested and all kinds of crazy yep. stuff. Oh, yeah. And and the older population believe that, you know, believe these people that are calling them. Uh, and so they'll go and pay the money. Now, some people are actually just going to the police and just saying, OK, police, you know, officers, you know, if you need to arrest me, please do. And in fact, the police are like, no, this is a scam. Um, and then there's also the text messages that people receive. Again, you know, having them click on a link to pay the quote unquote fines or tax bill that they claim that they owe. So um, the scammers are getting smarter. They're getting more sophisticated. And some of them are just downright brazen and will do anything they can, including imploring uh, scare tactics to get the money that they want. So that is something as well. Uh, the next is the grandparent scam, which kind of works like the, uh, the IRS scams where they're asking for money. 
Uh, we've actually in, here in Virginia, uh, there was a story on the local news where people are actually coming to the person's door to collect the money. So they're even like, or we even had one where they um, arranged for a taxi to come and pick up the victim to get the money to oh. the bank or to Western Union. So it's it's just becoming more and more scary for folks, especially our older population, because they believe what people are telling them. Uh, in your realm, Sean, the technology scams, uh, they're hijacking computers. Uh, they're putting the blue screen of death. They're basically, for all intended purposes, hijacking the computers and, for, you know, saying for $799.99, we'll fix your computer. Um, and then what's scary about that is that some people are trusting, you know, so trusting and, and giving control of their computers to these people they don't even know. and then. That's when they're wiping out data to include stealing people's financial information, because as you all know, uh, some of us do keep financial information on our computers. And then the COVID scams were happening during the pandemic and still some degree now. Um, it included vaccines that weren't even available, um, you know, miracle medications that would prevent you from getting uh, COVID, um, the COVID uh Vaccine cards where people were paying money to get you the vaccine cards, even though you already had one. Um, so there were there have been a lot of scams, um, again, related to the pandemic, continuing on since before the pandemic. And um, it's a lot to navigate for folks. So those are some of the some of the top scams that uh, AARP has noticed, Federal Trade Commission, um, and even to a degree, our local police department here in Fairfax County, Virginia. Some of so these are pretty brazen, you know, picking up a, sending a taxi to pick people up or showing up at their yep. homes and, you know, just really just ambushing, you know, these seniors and, um, you know, throws them off and they'll, you know, they could, you know, do all kinds of things that they normally wouldn't do if they had a little bit more time to digest it. But having somebody show up at their doors, that's awful. Yes, it is. So these COVID scams, are they, are they looking, were they looking, I mean, I know some of them are probably weaning away, but were they looking to collect money for like a, um, a vaccine or what, what was the end game for that? So, so for the one with the vaccine, um, yes, they were basically telling these people that if they gave them, let's say a $500 cash advance, they would be the first ones to have the vaccine or providing medications that were not tested by the Federal Drug Federal Drug Administration, and you know, basically, again, using the scare tactic because a lot of these scams are built in scaring the folks and having them make a very quick decision and not giving them the time to really think through the process and realize that this is in fact a scam. So they're using the scare tactic to really um, enhance their game. I, I just, it's, it's just overwhelming to me because, you know, we, we, we didn't really know with our dad, like some of the things that was ha were happening early on, you know, but mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of crazy. One of the scams that you didn't um, mention yet, because I kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper was yes. what you're seeing around, around Medicare and Medicare card scams. Um, my RR, 88 year old mom lives with me and she's been getting an overwhelming number of 
scams related to Medicare via text message and email. And it throws her for a loop. You know, she, she just, she, I can tell her mom it's a scam and she's like, oh, I know. But then she'll continue talking about it for days and days. So it it shakes them, you know, and I think, okay, she's under, under my roof. So I can, um, you know, I can kind of qual this before it turns into anything bad, but there's so many people that aren't in that situation and either, either older adults living alone or they're, um, older adults who have a spouse who um, has cognitive decline, who's like showing some, you know, not, not having quite the thought process that they had before, you know, so they're believing things that maybe they shouldn't. So I'd love to talk to this a little bit more because it really speaks to our population and our demographic. Sure. So uh, there have been, and it really depends on what's happening in the news regarding any of these scams, but especially Medicare. So several years ago, there was a push by Medicare to remove uh, people's social security numbers off their card and assign them like a, a, a specific ID that would be only for them. So Virginia happened to be the first state that this actually occurred. And again, this was pre-pandemic. Essentially, what the scammers were doing was actually saying, okay, well, we can actually receive your card quicker. We can expedite it, but you need to pay us $1,000 to do it. And there were people that were paying $1,000 to, you know, um, to the scammers to quote unquote, get this card expedited when in fact they're, they were not going to be expedited because the, because Medicare is going to do it on their schedule and they have a, you know, a a process in place. Uh, There have been scams related to the new cards where they claim that there are microchips embedded in the card. That is not happening. Uh, During the pandemic, people were, calling folks like your mother to ask for their card number so that they could actually bill Medicare for medical procedures that never took place. Um, and when, hence, that is why Medicare is going through all the bogus complaints and bogus claims that they've processed because they realized this was happening. Um, again, like I stated in some of the other scams, and it holds true with Medicare scams, um, they're going to call. They're going to. We even had some that came to the door, email, uh, emails that were received, and also text messages. Um, and again, Medicare will never contact anyone um, without the permission from your Medicare number or other personal information. Um, they're not going to call to sell you anything, and you want to guard guard your Medicare number like your Social Security number. And they were also billing people for the Medicare, excuse me, for the COVID vaccines. And even though the federal government is paying for, you know, the Americans to receive the COVID vaccines, the scammers are still trying to charge Medicare and specific, you know, victims, you know, for the shots, for the vaccines. Um, So some of the tips we've been providing people is, Never, ever, ever give your Medicare number over the telephone. Uh, Doctor's offices are now wanting the Medicare card in person. They don't want to do that interaction over the phone because you don't know who you're talking to. Um, Some 
older folks, we have been told that they basically will tell anything to the doctor's office that they ask for. But again, just like um, some of these other scams, there are, as you know, Sean, um, there are apps on our smartphones, our iPhones, which makes it appear that Medicare is calling you. So it has the phone number of Medicare, but in fact, it's just an app that is posing the phone number on our phones to make it appear that Medicare or another federal agency is calling um, our consumers, our, our victims to try and make it appear again that they're legitimate. And a lot of these scams are happening in other states and also overseas. I think, you know, the phone number scams are kind of out of control these days. And that's the thing that my mom will say to me right away. She's like, but they called from, you know, um, Philadelphia or they called from, you know, if she's getting a lot of calls from Wells Fargo Bank, but she doesn't have an account with Wells Fargo Bank. So she gets these text messages saying that a transfer was made. Um, and she needs to click the button to approve it. And I'm like, yeah, mom, you don't have an account with Wells Fargo. And she's like, well, I know, but it's Wells Fargo. It says that on my phone. And I'm like, I understand that, but it's not Wells Fargo. It's a scam. And at the end of the day, you don't have an account with Wells Fargo. So how could you have a transfer? It looks really important. So they want to do something about it. And then they can't get it off of their minds, you know, and, and then they're kind of consumed by it. Even though logically, they're like, I don't have an account with Wells Fargo. But there's, you know, someone's trying to send me money. They start rationalizing why they should be engaging on this when, and and I know with myself, I mean, I get, I, I get, you know, I mean, I was at lunch today. I got three spam calls at lunch, you know, and I have software on my phone that identifies it as a spam and I don't pick up any phone call unless I know the person. And if it's important, they'll leave me a voicemail. But um, even that, I get, I do get voicemails saying that I'm, you know, owe money to the IRS. So it's, it's a problem because I know with our dad, you know, his big thing was email and he was getting all these solicitations to join. He was big into um, investing and finance and things like that. And which I don't think is un, unreason, uh, unpopular with the older folks, right. As they're continuing to look at their portfolios and making sure they have enough money in their retirement and things like that. But, you know, he would get all these requests to join newsletters, but these newsletters would cost like $500. And, you know, they're supposed to be the tips of, you know, tips of secrets of the market. And he would sign up for them. And eventually my mom found, my mom didn't even know because my mom didn't really handle the finances. And we're, she saw a credit card bill and saw these like charges on it. It's like, what are these? And then she started talking to me about it. And then she gave me access to my dad's email and I'm going in looking at his email, seeing him, subscribing to all this stuff and realizing that some of it was just, you know, scams and, and he was paying out money for it. So I started monitoring his email, uh, without really him knowing and just making sure that I, and I'd go in once a day and clear out a spam. Right. And anything in there, I'd mark as spam and delete it. So he never even saw it. And I'd go in and I would unsubscribe to some of these newsletters too, just to, to try and, make sure that he never even saw it because if he was in his email during the day and there was an email there, he could be subscribing to something before I even had a chance to see it. You're, you're absolutely correct, Sean. And again, uh, we have some family members uh, or some of the victims that don't have family members. So they're really on their own unless somebody is willing to, 
you know, be their advocate. And luckily for your mom and formerly your dad, I mean, you both were advocates for for them both, um, where some people don't have that luxury of having those people to, you know, help them through this process of, you know, navigating, is it a scam? Is it not a scam? Yeah. So I, I recently read a study pu- published by the um, Annals of Internal Medicine that found that older adults with low scam awareness, I kind of mentioned that term earlier, mostly because I just learned a term from this article, uh, are often early warning signs of dementia in older adults. So looking back now, you know, as I said with my dad, we can point to several things that our dad was doing before we suspected Alzheimer's. right? And, that, and we talk about that a lot where by the time you're diagnosed, you probably have had symptoms for at least five years. And, you know, one example is that he got really into listening to infomercials, right? He would just, he would be entranced with infomercials and buying all kinds of weird stuff from these infomercials. The, the other was the email, the subscribing, you know, the, the emails looked like something that he would be interested in, but they were asking for money and he was starting to lose the cognitive ability to see somebody that was handing him some information that he could use versus someone that was scamming him. So, uh, you know, what kind of advice can you, you know, and what kind of advice can you give adult children who are trying to keep an eye on their page, you know, their aging parents, you know, to keep them from getting, you know, pulled into some of these scams and, and how to get their parents to even listen to them. Right. I mean, that's part of the issue too. Right. I think if my dad, if I went to my dad and said, Hey dad, can I have your access to your email account? He would have said no. Right. But my mom had access to it. And gave it to me. So what what kind of advice can you give us on that? So um, you're absolutely right, Sean. I think um, if the parent is willing to work with the, the adult children as a kind of a partnership and not trying to take over their lives, because a lot of people, you know, want their, um, their independence. They want to, you know, still be able to do what they would have done, you know, 40 years ago, even 10 years ago. Um, so trying to have that relationship with them as a partnership. Um, I know from my own experience with my dad, um, he's been victimized by what they call the door-to-door uh, contractors, what we call, what the police call woodchucks. Um, and I've had to kind of had these heart-to-heart conversations with him. And one tip I would say is you don't want to stop them from spending money. If they want to spend something on, you know, an item or a car or, you know, some item that they want, you're not going to prohibit them from spending that money. I told my dad, it's not about prohibiting you from spending the money. I just don't want you being scammed out of the money. So having those tough conversations, and it's very difficult because some parents, and just like us, you know, as adult children, we do not want our independence taken away from us. And that is why, Some people don't even tell their adult children they've been scammed. They may know, but they don't want their independence taken away. And we've done these presentations over the last five years, the last two and a half being virtual, of course. And the the older people have told us we just didn't want our adult children to find out because we just didn't want them taking away our money or our independence or having them move in with us or, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, So that would be one one huge advice or tip would be have a, a very frank conversation with the um, with your parents. Number two is 
do you want to go ahead and try to be on their account again, not to take the money from them, but to kind of, you know, oversee their credit card, their bank statements to see that there aren't any fraudulent charges. Um, because that is how some of our scams are, are actually identified is from adult children who are realizing my parents are being scammed. What do I do? Um, so those would be the two tips that we would provide, but it is a very difficult conversation to have with your parents. And if they're not willing to have it, then the adult children's kind of adult children are kind of like you and your sister, you know, how do I move forward? Are they going to allow me to take care of them? So that that's very difficult. That is difficult. And, and I think, you know, independence is huge, you know, whether you're, whether you are um, dealing with dementia or cognitive impairments or, or just simply aging, uh, you know, none of us want to lose our independence. So I think those are, those are really good tips. You know, I heard you talk um, in another presentation about an, a scam called Friendship and Sweetheart Scam. And I really kind of want to understand this a little bit deeper because when I hear that, I just think of older adults that are isolated, especially after COVID, um, when they don't have their family members that are, you know, actively checking in on them. Um, perhaps they live out of state or, you know, whatever the situation may be. This one kind of freaks me out. Like what, what is the end game for this type of scam? Well, the end game for all scams that we have found is the money. So you're absolutely correct, Michelle. There were a lot of people who got scammed during COVID, especially when we were quarantined to our houses, that we were at least from March to probably mid-June, we were instructed to make very few trips outside the home just to kind of contain, you know, COVID. So there were two stories and there've been stories all over the country. Uh, we had a woman who um, scammed 15 men out of Maryland out of $2 million. And then there was a woman who scammed, or excuse me, a man who scammed, I think it was 30 women out of $3 million. So, um, these romance scams, a lot of people aren't looking for romance specifically if they're widowed or widowers, they're looking for companionship. And so they find and they realize that they have to do that online. So they're going on Facebook, they're going on Match, they're going on all these dating websites. And just as a, an interesting fact, there were, I think, a thousand more dating uh, apps and websites created during the pandemic because people wanted the variety to find other people to connect with. So it just made it even more complicated for um, people to, uh, well, at least for law enforcement and people like Silver Shield to be able to find out where these people were sending their money. So as a result, um, they try to start up a conversation. And again, they're just, again, the people who are looking for companionship just want companionship. But then the person on the other end who may or may not even be in the United States within like a week or two will start asking for money. And they are pressuring these people, well, I need money to come see you, or I need money to fix my car, or I need money to help my family. And that's kind of where they've drawn it in. I mean, we have known people who even before the pandemic have lost their entire life savings to this scam. 
So what we tell people is if they ask for money, kind of discontinue the conversation. You don't want to give out your personal information, like your address, um, phone number, that's up to you. But if they do have your phone number, then they're going to start calling you and texting you. And you may not be able to control and stop that from happening. Um, email address, you can always change your email address. I guess if you wanted to change your phone number, you could. It's just a little bit more difficult. Um, so you just need to be careful in the wild, as Sean knows, the wild uh, west of the internet, uh, just because you don't know what's out there. It's just so scary. You know, it's, it's, and, and I think that, um, I know that myself, I'm guilty of this. You know, we, we, we do a lot of training on, you know, scams to look for and, and what not to do. And, you know, but I think every one of us is, we're, we're in a situation where we're, we've got three things happening at the same time. We look at our phone and we just about, like now I, w I wouldn't, but I, I want to just say, oh, and by the time I click it, I realize I should have never done that. You know, I should have never done that. But here I am, you know, it, living in a world where I'm pretty technologically savvy and, and I, I get it. But so many of our aging parents and older adults, especially when people are dealing with, you know, memory issues, they they don't have that reaction that we have, um, you know, and the result is they they believe it and they they want to be helpful, too. That's don't you think like they want to be helpful and therefore they get themselves into situations and that they can't get themselves out of. Michelle, I would agree. And I do want to bring up another um, fact that I learned recently, and that is younger people are actually scammed more often. The difference is, is that they have more time to recoup any financial losses. The reason why older, the older population um, is being scammed for more money is that they have more money. They've saved their entire lives to get to the retirement phase of their lives. And then once the money is gone, there is no a usually not any way to recoup the money. We have had several victims that have actually had to go back to work part time in order to um, try to save money back. They were young enough. They were in their early 60s, but that was not part of their initial plan when they retired from their respective professions. Yeah, it's it's frightening, right? And I know in the corporate world, right? So at my company, we we do phishing, we do all kinds of security training for employees. And and the thing that we say is, you know, the employee is the last line of defense, right? So we do phishing uh, training and spear phishing, and uh, and and we de we deploy sophisticated tools for. Uh, tracking links and blacklisting and whitelisting. I mean, we spend a fair amount of money every year on on security, right? But you know, in the private world, right? You know, in the in our communities, there's just really no training for people, right? And there's no uh, a lot of the younger adults if they're not technical uh, or technically savvy, they they don't even know how to educate their you know elderly, you know, their parents or their, uh, older people. So it's, it's really scary. And the damage is, you know, it's one thing at a company. I mean, we got hit with a ransomware attack. Gosh, this was probably 10 years ago. And a couple of our computers got locked up and we, we, we formatted one and then we had to pay $1,500 in Bitcoin 
or one of them to unlock it. And I didn't even know what Bitcoin was back then. So, um, but we had the resources to do it. You know, $1,500 is kind of a rounding error. But $1,500 to a senior citizen is a lot of money, right? I mean, that could be, you know, grocery bills for four months. And um, it's just super scary. And and, it, and it, the thing that's even disheartening is that it's becoming more sophisticated, right? And yes. the fact that they they research people and they prey on them, you know? Like if we get a phishing attack, you know, everybody in the company will get it. And a lot of times we, we have technology now that blocks probably 99% of it. But um, when they start, you know, really targeting individual seniors and showing up at their houses and, and researching them, and it, it's it's very personal. It's very scary. This uh, friendship and sweetheart scams are just devastating because these are people just looking for a companionship, you know, and and the trust that gets eroded away in that emotionally and financially is just awful. So, well, Melissa, this has been super interesting. Uh, so Silver Shield is a program local to Fairfax County uh, in Virginia for everyone around the country listening to this. Uh, where do you think families should turn if they're not in Fairfax County, Virginia? So I would give um, two quick places. Uh, I would say the local police department, especially if it's a financial crime. Um, and then each state's attorney general's office has some type of consumer affairs or consumer protection branch um, that would be able to assist in at least providing additional information on whether or not the scam that the victim may have been, um, you know, have, has lost money um, could potentially assist in trying to help get that money back. And a lot of times if the money is, if it's a, if it's a gift card, it's pretty much gone. Um, if it's a check or a credit card, there's always a chance that the money could be retrieved back. Are there, are, do you know of any uh, programs or organizations or nonprofits that provide preventative type training for senior citizens and some of their adult children on this? Um, not that I'm aware of. Now, the Federal Trade Commission does provide training as well. Um, they also do investigations of scams. Uh, so we turn to them, but I don't have any other nonprofit. I know FINRA does educational outreach um, regarding financial scams related to financial advisors. Um, but yeah, each organization, I think they're I think they're upcoming. Uh, so it's just depending on if they're on a national level or if it's a local level. Gotcha. Well, these are resources that we should, as at our foundation, we should start thinking about Michelle, about how we can start creating some resources that people can access to at least become aware, right. Of, of what's out there and what's, because I, I like to prevent this from happening. Not, uh, it's great to know where to go when you've been scammed, but at that point, most of the time the money is gone and the emotional damage has already happened. Right. So anything we can do to help prevent it. Yeah. And that's why we created silver shield. Sean was to try to help make people aware and to try to prevent it. But unfortunately, you know, we can, we're doing, we're trying to do as much prevention as we can. We also do a scam jam every year that is televised on our Fairfax County channel 16. Um, and I know ARPs around the country, are trying to do their own and some actually do their own scam jams. 
um, which provide information to not just the elderly, but caregivers. We've even had, um, we've done four, two of which we've done virtually. And those scam jams have also had younger folks that have come and tried to help their grandparents and their older parents. So it's been really nice to know that um, people do care. We just need to get the information out, like you said earlier, Sean. Sure. So what's a scam jam? I've never heard that term before. So scam jam, um, actually ARP created it. Um, and so when we created Silver Shield, we partnered with ARP. So when we were doing it in person, we would actually, and virtually, we bring in guest speakers and we talk about um, scams that are happening in our community. And when we were, which we're hoping to do in person again in 2023, we actually bring um, the county agencies, we bring um, other folks to, um, we have tables set up so that during breaks, people can go and find out information about scams. And then the speakers are related to um, a specific scam uh, so that people can learn about it. And then we have a an opportunity for people to ask questions. Um, and it's become very popular in Fairfax County, Virginia. Thank you for your service, right? Because um, that's just, I mean, yeah, we're just trying to try and protect our, you know, our, our vulnerable people, at the, you know, older people who are susceptible, but everyone's susceptible to these scams, really. Well, and thank you for the work you're doing because you're providing um, resources to your audience that may otherwise not know about these issues. Melissa, thank you so much um, for joining us. This is this has been great. We, um, as I just mentioned, we'll link notes um, and a little bit more information about these particular scams that we talked about, as well as a link to your next scam jam, which you don't have to be in. in be, it, you're doing it virtually or in person or both? Both. Yeah, you're doing both. So you don't have to be in Fairfax County to participate in the scam jam and, and really learn learn a lot. So we will share that information with our community uh, also and, and um, hopefully, you know, point some people in the right direction. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you very much. And, and thank you for all you're doing uh, in helping our seniors. I, we really appreciate it.